Rod, who's your favorite NFL player ever? The guy universally known as Troy. Aikman, in case you don't know. Troy is my boy. And he's ruined me for any other Dallas Cowboys quarterback since. Do we need to go down that road? There's been some good ones, but nobody like Troy. I don't like Tony Romo. I don't like Dak Prescott because I compare them all to Troy. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to the RP Show. Ringing you in with a flame tech football Friday. We got a lot of big football guests coming up on the program today. I'm just so excited. 17-year NFL quarterback and pro bowler Gus Verratt is going to be joining us from the United States of America. Get off the bus, Gus, to talk about week 11 of the National Football League. We've got the reigning Canada West Coach of the Year, Scott Flory, going to join us from the University of Saskatchewan in advance of the Hardy Cup. Saskatchewan Huskies, Manitoba Bison, Saturday afternoon. And Saskatchewan Rough Riders Hall of Famer, Andrew Green is going to be with us. Former Miami Dolphin, by the way, Seattle Seahawk. Drew Green's going to be with us right here in the bunker to talk about uh, a very interesting initiative that he's involved in, plus CFL playoff time and all the rest. So that is all coming up today on Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech, locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. Now, you're wondering why I'm maybe sitting here alone. It's because the moose is not here. We're bringing them in virtually. You see that? It's just me and the crew back here. The moose is on the road again, Saskatoon. I love this moose. This, let's be honest. You own this show. You're the president and CEO. And shows like this and over the next week are kind of what you had envisioned, right? You're on the road for a very big football game. Tell the viewers why you're not here today. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. And if you hear any noise, they're setting up for the Hardy Cup press conference. It's going to be at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. That's we got the Hardy Cup here. It's the 84th version of it, the game today or uh, tomorrow afternoon, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. So I'm here for that. Uh, we'll be calling the game. Justin Dunk, who we all know, will be on uh, the color. And uh, it'll be awesome at Griffith Stadium. I tweeted a picture this morning of the stadium as I was waiting to get inside here into the clubhouse. This is the Husky clubhouse. And it just looks awesome. So I can't wait for the afternoon tomorrow. Yeah, well, I know that you were hoping and thinking about overlooking the stadium with your uh, location this morning, but the sun wouldn't allow it, and then uh, blah, blah, blah. So you're in the Husky Clubhouse, which is pretty cool, too. So Coach Scott Flory will be joining us. This is exactly what we wanted with daytime sports talk television, getting ready for Canadian sports and a big weekend. So can you please, Director Jordan, hit the quick six show horn, please? <laughs> I'm just feeling punchy. I'm feeling extra Canadian today. We've got a great poll question we're going to get to here in a moment. Uh, Moose, I'm going to fly through the first point of the quick six, and that is Mac Jones threw a 19-yard scoring pass to Nelson Aguilar for the game's only offensive touchdown, and the New England defense took care of the rest. On Thursday night football, the result was a 25-0 shutout of the Atlanta Falcons for the Patriots' fifth straight victory. The Falcons haven't scored a touchdown in nearly nine quarters. That is Clark's favorite team. But I'm feeling, as I said, extra Canadian today. I want to get to some Canadian topics. Maybe it's because I'm leaving this weekend for the United States in a tropical climate. I'm not sure, but I want to get it all out of the way now. Point two, Shohei Otani 
this isn't Canadian, was unanimously voted American League MVP for a two-way season not seen since Babe Ruth. And Bryce Harper earned the National League honor for the second time. Shohei Otani received all 30 first-place votes in voting by members of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Toronto first baseman Vladdy Guerrero Jr. was second. And Blue Jays infielder Marcus Semien was a distant third. Uh, Moose, I will just drop anchor on that for a second. When the announcement was made last night and you saw all the reaction to Shohei Otani winning it, I flashed back to those Jays games, particularly the ones when they came back from Buffalo and were in Rogers Center and people were chanting, MVP, MVP for Vladdy. Um, did they actually think that he was going to win it? Because did Vladimir Guerrero have an MVP season? Yes. Did he have a better season than Shohei Otani? No. And clearly, like, this was an avalanche win for Shohei Otani. I can't imagine you were surprised when you heard the news last night. It was unanimous. It was unanimous yeah. to the point that the voting numbers didn't even add up because they just voted all for him and stopped yeah. voting for the other two for second and third. Yeah, it's special. I mean, if we're around for this, I mean, we'll remember this for a long, 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 long time. This is something, you know, we talk about they don't do that anymore. They don't play both ways in football or whatever else. This is what they're going to talk about 10, 20 years from now, where it's like, remember when he pitched and was was crushing home runs, starting at both positions in the All-Star game? Seems like forever ago, and what a wild time, but it's really special. Uh, I, people are all jammed up, and they want to get their comments on. They need to understand this is the warm-up for Recall Electric. This is where Moose and I rap. And maybe coming back in the second segment, we'll uh, get to the viewer comments. But we got our own stuff to get out of the way. And like I said, I'm feeling extra Canadian. So with point three, the viewer's going to love this here in Canada. Alberta's Brendan Botcher rink is one of nine men's teams entered in the 2021 trials starting Saturday at the Sastel Center. It's the... Uh, Tim Hortons Canadian curling trials with a berth to the Olympics in China on the line. A nine-team women's event is also on tap as the country's top curlers square off for those berths in Beijing. As reigning Briar champions, Botcher's side will be one of the favorites to wear the Maple Leaf in China this February. They'll be joined by a who's who of curling talent for a trials event that's considered the deepest domestic competition of the quadrennial who wrote that? <laughs> that sounds that sounds amazing. So, sounds like the biggest deal of big deals. Olympic champion skips Brad Gushu of St. John's and Brad Jacobs of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario are back along with Calgary's Kevin Cooey, who will try to return to the games after missing the podium in 2018 at Pyeongchang. Regina's Matt Dunstone will enjoy home ice advantage as the lone Saskatchewan-based entry. Toronto's John Epping and Mike McEwen of West St. Paul, Manitoba round out a field that includes pre-trials winners Jason Gunlison of Morris, Manitoba and Tanner Horgan of Kingston, Ontario. Practice seven Sessions are set for this afternoon. The round-robin opener goes Saturday. Meanwhile, Ottawa's Rachel Homan, friend of the show, who beat Chelsea Carey four years ago to take the Olympic spot, returns as one of the headliners in the women's draw. Reigning national champion Carrie Anderson of Gimli, Manitoba, will also be a favorite, along with Winnipeg's Jennifer Jones and Tracy Fleury of East St. Paul, Manitoba, Edmonton's Kelsey Rock, Casey Scheidegger of Lethbridge, and Edmonton's Laurel Walker are also in the field with pre-trials winners Krista McCarville of Thunder Bay and Jacqueline Harrison of Dundas, Ontario. So I'm just teeing everybody up. Because as you know, Darren, once those rocks start flying, curling's here, man. It's November. Oh, yeah. 
And you're going to want to pay very close attention to TSN. Watch these draws. And why don't you tell our viewers very special news with the RP show in Curling Canada and some great sponsors for coverage next week from Saskatoon. It's awesome. Curling Canada has been really, really good to us. And uh, I'm here for football. But once that's done Saturday, I'm not leaving. So I'll stick around all week. I'll be down at the curling trials at the Sastel Center every day. We'll be doing the show probably from either there, the hotel, wherever we need to be. Um, it's going to be great. So we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of that. I'll be the eyes and ears for you down at the, uh, at the curling trial. Fantastic. Uh, Tim Horton's Canadian curling trial is getting underway Saturday with berths in the Olympics on the line. Moving on to point four. Man, we're going through this fast. NHL Thursday. Well, by the way, it's Flame Tech Football Friday, and I think we're going to save the bulk of the CFL-NFL talk and Hardy Cup talk for the next segment, okay? Because people are writing in about last night's NHL. So here's what happened. A lot of games. Morgan Riley scored twice, and the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the New York Rangers 2-1 Thursday night for their 10th victory in 11 games. LFG. In, in Sunrise, Florida, Spencer <laughs> Knight made a career-high 45 saves to lift Florida over New Jersey 4-1. I'm watching the game. Our good friend Randy Moeller's doing the color for the Panthers, and he's like, I don't think the Panthers were, were prepared for this start by New Jersey. Then he caught himself. Mm, I mean, I don't think they were expecting this start by New Jersey because the Devils scored first. They were all over the Panthers. And then once, this is like what it was because I was watching the game on Valley Sports Florida. It was like, whack. Okay. And then the Panthers were set, and they came back and routed them. You know how that happens, right? Oh, yeah. They just weren't expecting oh, yeah. it. Um, Seth Jarvis scored the tie-breaking goal midway through the third period, and Carolina stopped Anaheim's eight-game winning streak, winning 2-1 on the Duck Pond. Ethan Bear scored for the Canes. Friend of the show, proud warrior from Ochapaway's First Nation in Saskatchewan. Uh, Seth Jarvis, of course, a former Portland Winterhawk as well. Listening to NHL radio this morning, they said, should the Ducks be upset that they lost to Carolina? Nope. Best team in the NHL right there. They're making a lot of teams look foolish, the Carolina Hurricanes. Steven Stamkos and Braden Point each scored in the shootout and regulation to lift Tampa Bay over Philadelphia 4-3. Jacob Markstrom made 27 saves for his fifth shutout. Andrew Mangiapani had two goals and a helper in Calgary beat Buffalo 5-0. Apparently this is the most shutouts in this early in a season in modern NHL history, what the Flames are putting up. So when that Flames fan wrote in last week and said, Rod, is this a flash in the pan for Jacob Markstrom? Do you remember what I said, Moose? I said, no, it's not. He's this yeah, good. I remember. He's this good. Uh, Boone Jenner had three goals. Yegor Chinakov scored in the seventh round of a shootout, and Columbus outlasted Arizona 5-4. In Thursday's main event... Connor McDavid scored in regulation and the shootout. Kyle Turris also scored in the shootout in Edmonton, beat Winnipeg 2-1. Uh, yeah, I'm watching the game last night, and I'm thinking to my just I get these voices in my head, Darren. I get these voices yeah. in my head. And they tell me to do good things. By the way, it's 11-11. The Opportunity Portal is opening. Ah. Hopefully you walk through it. This voice Are they adding head. a voice to that chorus every day? Every day. One yep. extra voice. A voice know? in my head said, Stuart Skinny, Skinny, Stuart Skinner is the best goaltender the Edmonton Oilers have. And that includes Mike Smith. So a lot of times when I get these voices in my head, I just go and put them on Twitter. They don't necessarily yeah. always last there. Sometimes I delete them very quickly. 
But here's a little trick for you media people that are uh, don't don't understand. You can tweet pretty much anything about the Edmonton Oilers and get a. You know what I mean? They're a very easy yeah. thing, especially when you want to talk about Oilers goaltending. But I saw I you got a lot of reaction on it. I saw right, it last night. Right, and I didn't do it to kick the hornet's nest. I did. I got this voice in my head. Stuart Skinner's the best goalie the Oilers have. Tweeted it, and away we. And he is. He is. You didn't and, get a lot of pushback on that. No, no, hardly at all. So whoever's responsible for those voices, thank you. Kirill Kaprizov had a goal and three assists for Minnesota, which used a four-goal third period to spoil Dallas defenseman Ryan Suter's return. 7-2, wild over the Stars. Teddy Bluger scored two goals, and Pittsburgh pounded Montreal 6-0 to snap a three-game skid. Brandon Saad scored twice. Billy Husso made 26 saves, and the St. Louis Blues beat San Jose 4-1 to snap a four-game skid. And Zach Whitecloud scored two goals in his first game back after hand surgery, and Vegas beat Detroit 5-2. By the way, we had a few more minutes left in this segment, the warm-up for Ecold Electric. We don't have time here to get into tonight's CFL doubleheader. The CFL is fine. Referee Tom Valesi, an undisclosed amount for swearing into an open mic on Saturday. And 45-year-old Randy Chevrier has been signed by the Calgary Stampeders as a long snapper. We'll get into all of that next segment, plus the Hardy Cup. Let me just say, State Fair football. <laughs> so to the NHL, I don't know where you want to go on that. Moose, your Leafs won. Connor McDavid clapped back at John Tortorella. And I caught the... End of an interview on NHL radio last week with Craig Button, and I'm pretty sure he was discussing Tortorella's take that Connor McDavid should change his game. I'm not, I got jumped in mid interview, so I shouldn't speak for Butts, but he was like, I'm not even dignifying that with a response. Sometimes smart people say stupid things. He had to have been referring to John Tortorella. And McDavid yesterday made the joke that I guess I should shut up about wanting to draw penalties. Does John Tortorella actually believe that Connor McDavid needs to change his game? Does, do you think he actually believes that, or was he just doing it to get a reaction on ESPN? No, I don't think he was wrong. I don't, I don't think he. I think he meant what he said, but I think what he meant was not that he needs to change his game, but I think it, it comes down to the the whining and expecting to get the calls and expecting to do these things. You know, you do have to bear down a little bit in the playoffs. You're not going to get as many power play opportunities. We know that. There's not as many penalties called. Defense tightens up. The scoring goes down. The goaltending goes up. Everything changes a little bit in the playoffs. So it's not going to be the same as the regular season. It never is, especially when the games matter. But I think what, what Torts was more referring to, not that he needs to change his game, but a little bit more of an attitude thing because nobody thinks Connor McDavid needs to change his game, I don't think. Best player in the world. <laughs> I would hope I think not. that's ludicrous. And, and Tortorella is one of the best coaches in the game. So he doesn't think he needs to change his style of play, but he needs to bear down a little bit, learn that, and bearing down a little bit is taking the shots and not just getting upset, not letting that throw him off his game. Because when teams see him whining and complaining, they're just going to want to jab him a little bit more. And yeah, then well, when the referees Tor see him whining and complaining, they're not going to call the penalties. Look, Rex Ryan's a good coach too, and he's on ESPN as well. But if Torts wants to be an analyst for a while, he'd better speak a little more clearly and be a little more defined in what he's saying and not leave his comments open to ambiguity. Fair? 
from a 32-year broadcaster here. From Northside YEG in Edmonton says, right on, man. These guys on this show know their hockey, so I'm going to roll with that. Skinner, some more games, the hometown kid. Yes, he should keep playing him, man. He replaced Koskinen the other night when the game was out of reach. He was outstanding last night. Keep playing him. I had another NHL point, but I guess I'll have to come back to it because it slipped in my mind. The poll question. Oh, it was the Canucks. It was the Canucks. Can I just ah. say this about Jim Benning, the general manager coming out? Here's my take, having not put up, been put up to it by anybody. When he sits at a podium and goes, we're, this, we're as surprised as anyone. We're frustrated. We're all frustrated. We're trying to find the answers. Hey, Jim, you've lost five in a row. If I'm Francesco Aquilini, the owner, I'm saying, if you don't know, who knows? You're fired. What is it? Five years at least? Four for sure for Travis Green, the coach. If you don't know after this amount of time what's wrong with your team and your locker room, you got to go. Because you know that you can watch, I believe, I know I can, I'm pretty sure you can too, watch the Vancouver Canucks for five, ten minutes a game maximum, and you can see what the problem is. We don't know. It sounds like Brock Sunderland in Edmonton, the general manager of the Elks, standing at midfield saying, <laughs> we don't know. We're shocked we're this crappy. Boom, you're gone too. Like, how are they getting away with this? It's like Jim Benning. We're talking to other GMs in the league and seeing what they have available. Yeah, Jim, because they're going to line up and help you. We're talking right. to agents. We're talking to agents. Yeah, and they're going to do what's best for the Vancouver Canucks. No, they're not. Th- this is what's going on in Vancouver? I would have fired him yesterday. And the poll question today is, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who has been the biggest disappointment on the continent this season? For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, who's been the biggest disappointment on the continent this season? The Vancouver Canucks, the Montreal Canadiens, the Detroit Lions, or the Edmonton Elks? And leading the way right now is the Montreal Canadiens. I would have not voted for them. I would have voted for either the Elks or the Canucks. But anyways, uh, Clark's saying on YouTube, Elks is leading. When we come back, we'll delve into the football. This is the warm-up brought to you by E. Cole Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. You're watching on Game Plus Television. YouTube Live daily in 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.